right place tonight. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Good evening, everybody. So grateful that you've come out on a Wednesday night, offered up your time to come and sit under the preaching of the Word. God is good. And all the time, God is. And all the time, amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you that we can sit under the teaching of your Word. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet. Your Word is yes and amen. Your Word is forever the same. Yesterday and today and tomorrow. Your word will never change. God, you watch over your word to perform your word. And we thank you for your word. Everything we do, Lord, is because of your word. And we thank you for that. Speak to us tonight. Bring repentance, Lord. Bring change of heart, Father. Renew our minds in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Come on, how many of you agree? It's all about the word. Boy. How many of you agree it's all about the Bible? Oh, yeah. Try one more time. Do you agree? It's all about the Bible. Right? Thank you. It's all about the Bible. Jesus and the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to open your book tonight in Matthew chapter 6 if you've got your Bible with you. And I think it'll be kind of cool if you can take notes and write this down because you'll never remember everything that I share with you. It's just too much information in too little time. We had a wonderful evening last night. I didn't even get to preach. God just healed a whole lot of people, and it was really exciting for to see God do that. We had a whole bunch of people give their lives to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful to see salvations? Let's give God praise for the salvations. Hallelujah. That is exciting. All right, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13... 16, Matthew 16, verse 13 says, Then uh, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying this, Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man. Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man. Am. Who do they say? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of, hell, of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. What a powerful portion of scripture. I want to start tonight 
and uh, see how we go until Friday. It's just a pity the time is so short. But I want to speak to you on the keys of the kingdom of God. Somebody say with me, keys. That sounded very enthusiastic. How many of you want the keys? Uh, how many of you want keys? Keys to the kingdom. To a lot of people, going to church is just, a, you know, this is what I have to do. This is my religious duty. I'll just go to church on a Sunday, and, and that's good enough for me. And it's so sad to know that so many people have, have missed out on God because God is far more than just a Sunday morning service. How many of you can agree? Now, let's backtrack here because Jesus goes to his disciples and said, who do you say that I am? Or who do the people say? And say, well, it's something you're a prophet, you know, and this. And then Jesus says to his disciples, his friends, but who do you say that I am? And not one of the disciples answered except Peter. And Peter gets this awesome revelation and he says, but you are the son of the living God. You are the Christ. And it, it moved Jesus so much so that Jesus said to him, Simon, your name will now be Peter. And upon this revelation, upon this revelation, I will build the church. You will be the rock. You see, you must have a revelation on who Jesus is. Because when you have a revelation about Jesus Christ, things become a reality in your life. There's many people sitting in church who don't have a revelation on who Jesus is. I would not have been doing what I'm doing for the last 27 years. This year, Shemaine and I are 27 years full-time in the ministry. It is our 26th year of having services, 300 meetings every year for 26 years. Give and take a few. Come on. Don't, you don't have to clap hands. Thank you for that. But, you know, why do I have 300 meetings a year? Because I have a revelation on who Jesus is. Who understands that? If, because I had a revelation, and not just a revelation, but an encounter with Jesus. My life so changed that I don't want to be anywhere else but in the house of God. But there's many people who haven't had an encounter, a revelation about Jesus, and therefore church is boring, church is dead, prayer is boring, reading Bible is boring, it, you know, there's a lot more. And, and I pray to God tonight that you will have a revelation like Peter had a revelation, because when Jesus saw that he truly had this understanding, God said, right, now because of your understanding of you know who I am, I'm going to give you keys. Wow. Keys that will not just have you understand who I am, but now I'm going to give you keys that will unlock the kingdom of heaven for you. And I'll give you more. Most people sit in church and, uh, you know, they don't have the understanding of Jesus. Keys means there comes responsibility. How many of you agree? Responsibility. I always, 
I, I like it when I go walking in the in the in the in the mall or something, you know, and, and I see a guy walk past me. How many of you ever seen a guy walk past and he's got this big ring tied to his belt and all the keys are hanging there? Has anybody ever seen that? And I I admire that. I do. Some people say, well, what's a big no, because that man has keys to so many doors. With so much stuff behind those doors. I don't know what's behind those doors, but golly, those keys can open up a lot of things. Who can say amen? I mean, some of them can even maybe open up a safe, you know. It can, <laughs> it can open up. I don't know. But I just think, wow, that, that man carrying that bunch of keys, although he's a worker, uh, a laborer, working most probably for a company, for a boss, his boss has found him faithful and responsible to give him those keys. Who can, who can say, you, you don't just give keys to anybody. I mean, I want to know if I'm going to give my key over to somebody that that person will be responsible for what he does with those keys. You can give the right key to the wrong person and all hell can break loose. Think about it. There's a stranger walking down the street, and I say, hey, brother, here's my key to my house. Would you just go and, you know, <laughs> I'm sure if I get to my house, there won't be a house left anymore. You would just steal it all. Who gets what I'm trying to say? You get the key to the wrong person. But if I give the keys to the right person, uh-oh, then I could imagine just what that person will do. And when he walks into that place, where he has the authority to step in. You see, God opens doors and closes doors by the right keys that he's given us. Who, who agrees with that? So what I want to say is that with responsibility must come understanding. So what do you mean understanding? Understanding your responsibility with the keys that have been given to you. You must have understanding of what is this key? What can this key do? And has God found me faithful with this key? Am I responsible enough to use this key? See, not all 12 disciples got the revelation, I believe. This is my opinion. But not all 12 disciples got the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. But Peter did. Hello. And Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, Peter, upon your revelation, I will give you the keys. Bless God. I like that one. Right doors can be opened. To the right people and wrong doors will be open to wrong people. So it's very important what you and I do with the kingdom, uh, with the keys that God has given us. So the keys we have is to unlock the kingdom of God. Now you cannot receive these keys if you first of all don't have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Let's go to John chapter 3. Bless God. I am so excited about this message. Who's ready to receive some keys tonight? John chapter 3, verse 3 says, Then Jesus, so let's read verse 1. Let's rather go to verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, how many of you know if he, if he speaks about Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, he's not speaking about an uninformed unlearned man. He's speaking to a teacher of Israel. Who, who knows what I mean by that? He's, he's speaking to a leader. He's speaking to a man 
who loves God with all of his heart. Oh, you got to believe what I just said there. Nicodemus, although he was a Pharisee, remember, they worship God. They worship Jehovah. They love Jehovah. Jehovah. So much so that, you know, we understand how the Pharisees work, but they were, they were bound to the law and, and they respected God and they obeyed the law down to the T. So they had to have this love and this reverence, fear for God. Who can, who can say amen? Nicodemus now. This guy's like, you know, he's blown away by this man, Jesus. So he comes to Jesus by night and he says to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Wow, first revelation is he sees Jesus doing signs which the Pharisees are not doing. Ah, uh, come on. The first revelation that, that, that Nicodemus has is he sees one of the doors that Jesus unlocked was the door of signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah. And that blew this Pharisee away. He knew, he knew man could not do what was happening. Yet this Jesus guy, he's doing all of this. He's doing these miracles. And he was intrigued by that. Who can say Amen. So Jesus turns around and listen to this. He speaks to a man who, who teaches scriptures. And he says to him, Nicodemus, listen, buddy. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, we can teach on the born-again experience. There are two ways of teaching this verse. I thank God that in, on the 23rd of September, 1990, 11 o'clock the morning, I heard a message of you must be born again for me. I heard that 27 years ago, Shemaine and I. And I thank God that I heard the message of you must be born again because I got saved that day. Hallelujah. If somebody didn't preach to me salvation, how would I have ever gotten saved? Right? And I thank God that, that the privilege was made for me to walk forward and to pray a prayer of faith and to invite Jesus Christ into my heart. Hello, somebody. You have to invite Jesus into your heart so that you can be born again. You see, here is Nicodemus. Oh, I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Nicodemus was in church all his life, but he wasn't born again. He wasn't born again. He wasn't saved. He was sitting in church. He knew the scriptures, but he never, never, never gave his life to Jesus. So we find today, in, in, in our churches today, there are hundreds of thousands of Christians. They're sitting in churches. We think they saved. We think they know Jesus. But 90% of those people haven't had a revelation of who Jesus is. If they had the revelation, they would have had the keys. And they would have done great and mighty works for Jesus Christ. Hello, somebody. Because you see, the one who is truly born again, the one who is truly saved, is the one who becomes radical for the king. 
I'll say that again. The one who is truly, truly, truly saved becomes absolutely radical for the king. And he does radical things which blows the Pharisees' minds to smithereens. What's this guy doing? How can he do this? Why does he talk the way he talks? Why, why, why is he? And, and you know, it sparks up jealousy and it sparks up anger. Uh-oh. Yeah. But Nicodemus, he, it didn't spark up anger in him. It sparked up curiosity. And he came to Jesus by night. You see, he didn't want to go by day. He was so afraid. What would, his, what would his co-laborers say? You know, what would his friends say if I went to Jesus, you know, by day? So no, no, no. I'll rather go undercover and, and not have the consequence of being confronted by my friends who don't believe in Jesus. Who gets what I'm trying to say? I, I don't want to have that confrontation. And so this is what happens many times that, that we, we, we're ashamed of who Jesus is. So many people come, you know, I've seen this so many times. People will come to my meetings from other churches and they'll experience the presence of God and they'll see the miracles and the signs and yet they go back next Sunday to their own little churches where nothing's happening. It's dead. Uh-oh. But when somebody comes to town who's operating in the power, they go to check it out because they are intrigued by the power. But they themselves have not had a revelation on who Jesus Christ is. I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're in church, man. But you must be born again. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Now, how do we get born again? How does one get born again? The Bible says real clearly in Romans chapter 10, it says that if I will confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, is the Son of God, that God raised Him from the dead, the Bible says, then you shall be saved. That means you will be born again. Who can say amen? amen. Now, if I do not create an opportunity from the pulpit to make an altar call and give people the opportunity to get saved, how then can those people have an encounter with Jesus and get a revelation of who Jesus is? Is anybody getting this? It's so important. You and I, somewhere in our life, we have had a... a, 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 a What's the word I want to use? We've had a, a time where we could choose to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now, there's a lot of people who do the little popcorn prayer, the sinner's prayer. I like to call today's salvation prayers, you know. I like to call it in today's modern church. It is the joining the Christian club or the joining the Christian fan club, you know, to just to pray a little prayer that you can enter into the nightclub. I mean the, the club. Some of you got that, some of you didn't get that. There's many people who confess Jesus but don't believe in Jesus. You say, how can you say that? Because the fruit is in the lifestyle that they lead after they've confessed Jesus Christ. The fruit is in what they produce after they've become a Christian. Who says, mm-hmm? What does 2 Corinthians 5.17 say? It says that if anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old man and the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isn't that what the word says? 
So I, I look at Christians. I look at people who give their hearts to Jesus. Even in my meetings, they come forward and they give their lives to Jesus, you know. And then they walk out of the church. And when I, when I see them, there has been no change, no change in their lives. I doubt whether you truly got saved. Somebody says, that's a hard word. No, it's not a hard word. You, I, I, I've got to look at my life. Did I? Did I get the revelation when I walked forward that day to give my life to Jesus? Did I get the revelation of who He was, what He had done for me, and the price He paid? Because if I give my life back to Jesus now because He gave His life to me, that's not just a matter of, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving my heart, my life, my body. I'm giving you everything that I have. I'm giving it to you because I got the revelation who you are, Jesus. Who understands that? I'm not going to go back into the world and do the things of the world. Yes, we live in the world, but I don't have to participate of the things of the world. What Jesus saved me from, why do I need to go back to it? Who understands that? If I was an alcoholic, which I was, I drank two bottles of brandy a day. I smoked 40 cigarettes a day. I gambled all my money away. I stabbed people with knives. I fight it. I did all of that stuff. And, and, and Jesus saves me from that. Why do I want to continue going back to that? And somebody say, mm-hmm. But when I got the revelation, Jesus, the Son of the living God, who died on the cross and shed His blood for me, and who gave everything for me, what is it for me then to give my life back to you, Jesus? Who agrees? I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. And what I was doing and, and bringing the world and the stuff of the world, Lord, I've got this revelation. I'm finished with the world. I'm finished with the world. I'm going to serve you with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my being. And I understood the day when I went forward for salvation, I understood the cost of my decision. I'm going to say that again. I understood there was a price to pay when I give my life to Jesus. Is anybody with me? Nicodemus, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. A lot of people are, 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 are not seeing the kingdom, having, not having a revelation of the kingdom of God. They sit in church, but they're not actually living out the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, Nicodemus is still thinking fleshly. He is so far from the Spirit. Jesus said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Somebody say, enter. He cannot what? Enter the kingdom of God. That's why most Christians who haven't had a revelation or have truly been born again, they cannot enter, or let's put it like this, participate of the things of God, the kingdom of God down here on earth. A lot of people think, well, you know, I can enjoy Jesus and heaven and the power and the glory of God one day when I get to heaven. Why do you have to wait to heaven when God says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom down here on earth? Hallelujah. 
That's why Christianity for me uh, is such a marvelous thing. That's why I love to go to church because I know that God is going to do something, whether it's a a prophetic word or whether it's a healing or it's a demon that's coming out or somebody just getting saved or just the pure word being preached and and minds are being renewed. Every day something is going to happen when I go with Jesus. Come on, isn't that exciting? Makes it so, every day I'm excited. Lord, you're going to do something in the meeting tonight. But other people say, oh, well, you know, I'll just go because Pastor James told me to go. No. If every Christian, now here's a statement. If every Christian in Gladstone, was truly born again, was truly saved, and had a genuine, true revelation of who Jesus was. Not just this church, but every church would have been packed, not just on a Sunday, but in meetings like this, the house would have been full. Come on, who agrees? It would have been packed out with people who were hungry for more of Jesus Christ. If I told you that there was going to be a, a, you know, a free giveaway and there would be a million dollars giving away tonight and you can come and get a million dollars, I tell you what, the whole of Gladstone will be in that place for a million dollars. Who can say amen? But have you know that Jesus Christ is far bigger than a million dollars? Hallelujah. And that, that if I would say to you tonight that God not only will give you a million dollars, but he will give you so many other keys that will unlock so many valuable things for you. Not just money, but he will give you health and joy and peace. But not just that, he will give you peace and righteousness and glory. Wouldn't you hunger and run for that? But you know what? People haven't got the revelation. Of who Jesus is. Is anybody getting this? I hope so. You must be born again, Nicodemus. Not only to see the kingdom, to have revelation. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born again to to be able to participate in the things of God. Look at verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel. Look what he says to a man who studied the scriptures for years. Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Anybody hearing me? Jesus says to a man who's been in church all his life, who's been sitting under the word all his life, and Jesus says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Again, tonight, I want to say that there are some of you who've been sitting in church for years, and God is saying to you, you must be born again. Turn to your neighbor and say, did you hear what he just said? You must be what? Born again. You must be born again. Now, I love this one. Verse 8 says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of the wind, but you cannot tell where it, go, where it comes from and where it goes. Who agrees? Could be a quiet day and just suddenly, shoop, there comes the wind. Just moves suddenly. You don't know where it comes from, where it's going, but it's blowing. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. I love it. Because when, when we are born again and we are kingdom-minded 
and we are, we, are, we are knowledgeable about the things of God. When God moves, we just move with him. Who, who understands that? But some people who are not born again are stuck in a religious rut. We have to do something this way, and we have to do it this long, and we'll work by this program, and we'll follow this order. And if it doesn't go according to this order and this program, then we are wrong. Nobody's hearing me. And buddy, you better do it in my time. Hello? Who thinks like that? The one who's not born again. The one who hasn't had that understanding of who Jesus is. Because if we had the kingdom of God, the key of revelation unlocked inside of us, then when we have church and we gather together as saints like this, when the spirit gets moving, bless God, we get moving with him. Hallelujah. Who understands that? Time is not a factor. <laughs> I said time is not a factor. To the one who, who is here because he, it, he, he, it's an obligation to be here. Who knows that big word, obligation? I'm obliged to be here because it's my home church and pastor told me to be here. So I'm here, but I really don't want to be here. I'm obliged to be here. Breaks my heart. And so many people go to church on a Sunday, but they really don't want to be there. Driving on the way, they look at their watch and say, I hope he's not going to take too long. Uh-oh. Am I speaking the truth? Don't you know say, luckily not to you. Mm -mm. He's not speaking to you, hey? he's speaking to me, luckily. Nicodemus, you must be? Born again. So what is my teaching tonight? Step number one. If you're not born again, you will not understand the things of the kingdom of God. When you don't understand the things of the kingdom of God, those keys that God has entrusted to you, it, it won't function. Oi. Does that make sense? So I need to understand that if I am born again, I'm going to get a responsibility. I'm going to receive keys. And with, these, with receiving these keys, I must have the understanding, what am I to do with these keys? Praise God. Romans chapter 8. Am I making sense? Now watch this. Romans chapter 8. Paul writes in verse 18. Somebody say the kingdom of God. Somebody say keys. All right. Now Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 verse 18 and he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, somebody say sufferings. Say it again. How many of you know there's going to be persecutions to those who are truly born again? Help me. Who understands that? Yeah, you'll be persecuted for the sake of Jesus. Why? Because I'm a non-compromising Christian. I'm going to stand for what the Word stands. I'm going to do what the Word says. Why? Because i got a revelation about Jesus. But it says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Somebody say glory. Watch this now. Which shall be revealed in us. 
I want to read it again. There is sufferings in this present time, but this suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is a glory. There is a glory inside of you. You don't know it yet, but I'm telling you tonight. There is a glory inside of you that is yet to be revealed. But the only way to get that glory inside of you, out of you, is you must be born again. When I say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, and I believe God raised you from the dead. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done. Today, I'm going to lay down my life as you lay down your life, and I'm going to give my life to you, Jesus. And I'm asking you, Jesus, that you will come and live in my life. And today, Jesus, I receive you as my God, my King, my Savior, and I make you the Lord of my life. Now, do you think God will respond to that prayer? Of course. That's how we get saved. Who can say amen? That's how what we call the sinner's prayer. Lord, I'm confessing and I'm asking you, come and live in my heart. Now God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit come because they are three in one and they make their home inside of me and inside of you. Who can agree with that one? God now lives in me and God lives in you. That's a major, major revelation right there to understand that the creator of heaven and earth is actually living in me and in you. That's why the Bible says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the living God? Is anybody with me? Well, yes, the revelation. If Jesus now lives in me, and if this body belongs to Jesus, then I am not to destroy this temple anymore by putting junk into it. If Jesus, who lived a life without sin, how many of you can agree? The Bible says he had no sin. He was perfect on the earth. Somebody say amen. You got to say that's what the Bible says. Jesus lived perfect. He was without sin. The accuser, Satan, could not point one finger at Jesus and say, you did this, that, and that, and the other. That's why Jesus was able to defeat Satan and take away the keys of death, hell, and the grave, right? Who agrees? Jesus sinned nowhere at all. But now, with some people, you know, they invite Jesus into their hearts, but they continue to exercise the things of the world, and they are forcing Jesus in them to participate in what they are doing. Uh-oh. Well, let, let's just imagine. In my opinion, I don't believe for one minute that Jesus Christ ever participated in some form of pornography or some form of sexual activity or anything like that. Who can agree with me? Jesus did not ever do that. Now, can you imagine if you and I are watching a movie and a, and a sex scene comes up on the TV and Jesus in me who never sinned at all, Jesus in me now has to look at what I'm looking. And he does this inside of me. And he says, please don't look at that. Please don't make me look at that. See, now it's quiet. It's just eyes. 
Now, here's the revelation. I love you, Jesus. And because I love you so much and I respect you, Lord, I do not want to expose you to the stuff that is in me. I have a revelation, Jesus. You are holy. I have a revelation, Jesus. You are pure. I have a revelation, Jesus, that you never sinned. Can you imagine if I, if I get to drinking alcohol? And as I drink alcohol, Jesus in me is doing this. He's saying, please don't pour that stuff down my throat. I don't want that. Boy, I'm getting looks right now. I love preaching against alcohol, you know, because there's so many people who, who serve, so protect their sin in alcohol. They hold their alcohol like this and they say, don't, 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 don't touch my alcohol. Don't speak about my alcohol because I love my alcohol. And this is what I love doing. This is, this is my right. Don't take my right away. This is not one amen in this house. It's just quiet. I don't like it, brother. Don't, don't speak about that. Jesus turned the water into wine. Come on, man. They called him a wine bubber, so he drank more than everybody. Eh, wrong. Well, thanks for that. Amen. Hello. Doesn't Satan quote scriptures? Doesn't the devil know scriptures? Huh? So people, you know, the devil just operates through the lives of people. When, when we begin to preach on stuff like this, they get so mad at me. But let me just remind you that Jesus Christ did not sin at all. And if he comes and lives in me, and I continue walking in a lifestyle of sin, whether it would be perverseness or whether it be drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or unforgiveness or hatred or bitterness or or adultery or fornication, who understands? When I, when I do, I'm forcing Jesus in me as a Christian to do that. But you won't understand that if I don't have the revelation of who Jesus is. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Is this making sense? Come on, who's with me tonight? I prayed this often. I said, Lord, please, 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 let me give a good message. Just a sweet one, Lord. Let me just, you know, let me not fight with the people. <laughs> okay, you didn't get that one. I'm trying my best to be good tonight. <laughs> I'm trying my utmost best. But if you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, you will not experience the kingdom of God. That's why Christianity to most Christians is dead. It's just a storybook religion. Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So say this with me. Say, there is a glory. Come on, help me everybody. Say, there is a glory inside of me that is yet to be revealed. How many of you like that? There is a glory inside of me. That is yet to be revealed. Watch this one. Go to uh, uh, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I love the Bible. There were two amens. Otherwise I get nothing. How many of you love the Bible? Turn to your neighbor and say you need to read your Bible more. You might just learn something. Hallelujah. Go to verse 20. 
Verse 20 is such a powerful, uh, the whole chapter 17 is about Jesus praying to the Father. He's praying for two groups of people. First he prays for the Jews, and then he prays for the non-Jews, the Gentiles, that's you and I. So let's see what Jesus prays for us. He says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, that's the Jews, but I'm also praying for those who will believe in me through their word. How many of you know we believe because of what the disciples preached in the past? Do you agree? So that's us now. So here is Jesus right now. He's praying for you and I. Look what he says. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. There's a revelation right there. Jesus saying, I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, right? That they also may be one in us. So that we would be thinking, speaking, and acting like God. Like Jesus is in God and God is in Jesus. So we are in God and God is in us. Can anybody say amen? And what Jesus does, what God does, that's what he expects of us to do, to be the same. He's actually praying that we would be united together. Amen? That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And that they also may be one in us. Now, why do we want that? Watch this. That the world may believe that you sent me. Now, how will the world know that Jesus is real? The moment you got the revelation that God is in you and you are in God and what Jesus did, you and I can do. And that we are united together and that we are doing the same thing together. Now, look at verse 22. So, what I actually wanted to read. Jesus says, And the glory... Somebody say glory. glory. Are you ready? Listen to what he says. The glory which you, Father, gave me, your son Jesus, I have given them. Who's the them? Woo! So turn to your neighbor and say, you've got a glory that was given to you. Who agrees with that? You have a glory. You have a glory that has been given to you. Now, what do we do with this glory? Well, he says that they may be one just as we are one. Christian, to be like Christ, to be one with Christ. Who understands that? I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. The point being out of this portion of Scripture, Jesus says, He's praying. He says, Father, you gave me a glory. Now let's pause and look at what glory did God give Jesus. He gave him the glory, the power, the keys of the kingdom to do what? To heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to multiply the fish and the bread, to walk on the water. Uh, is anybody agreeing? That's a glory. But he gave him another glory, a glory to suffer, a glory who went to the cross and died. Who understands that? That's the part nobody wants to speak about. There's always two sides to the mountain or to the, to, the, to the coin. Today's society and today's churches just keeps preaching about the good things of God, which is right, and I want that, and I believe that. But there is also the righteous side of God. How many of you understand that? The holy side of God. Now, a lot of people, they just want the good things of God, but when you look at the fruits of the people in the life that they live and what they are actually doing to expand the kingdom of God, you don't see that fruit there. 
Because most Christians come to church just to receive something from the pastor. What can you give me today, pastor? Feed me, feed me, feed me. And you better give a good message today, otherwise I won't come back, I'll go fishing next weekend. <laughs> right? And when the pastor begins to preach a little bit of a straight word, then people take offense at that. Because we just want to hear the good side, the, the lovely side. But when I'm talking about having a revelation on the kingdom of God and having a revelation of the glory of God and having a revelation of Jesus and who Jesus is and what he did, God gave him a glory to do the supernatural. Now Paul says, you and I have a glory inside of us that is yet to be revealed. I've been coming here from since 2011. And those of you who know me, I keep preaching and I keep saying this. I hope this is still my motive and, and that you would agree with me that it's not one man who's doing a job up here. It is about all of us. Come on, who can say amen? All of us. You have a glory. You have a glory. You have a glory. You have a power. You have anointing. You have the kingdom of God. You've got keys to the kingdom. God is waiting for you to unlock what's inside of you. I said he's waiting. He's waiting in anticipation. I almost want to, you know, uh, I remember when, when my boys was, were younger, my three kids, you know, and, and, and Michael, Jock, and Stephen, and Christmas time came. And I remember we would, you know, uh, we would through the year, we would speak to our children just like most parents hopefully would do and say, you know, and you hear their heart and what they really wish they could have, you know. And, and so we would save money and we would go and buy it for them. That special gift. Who understands that? It's an exciting time to buy that gift. I think your Aussies are too spoiled. You got everything already. <laughs> but you know, when you come from a poorer country and you don't have all those luxuries, well, to get something special, that means a lot. Hallelujah. Who understands that? It's not just given to you. And uh, I remember back then, who was the kids? You can remember those little games that you got, those little Game Boy, Game Boy, yeah, Game Boy. So Game Boy just came out back then, you know, and uh, it was quite expensive to buy, and we were in America, and, and so Shemaine and I saved money, and we bought three Game Boys, one for each boy, with a couple of games back then. <laughs> and I remember when, when, when we uh, were at home Christmas time, I got boxes this big. <laughs> and I got like, Ten other boxes which I put inside of that big box, you know. And the smallest box eventually had the Game Boy. <laughs> Has anybody ever done that? And then uh, I would stack it with paper and rubbish and stuff, you know. And when Christmas time in our country, uh, the way we celebrate Christmas is that we would stay up right through the night until 12 o'clock in the evening. 12 o'clock in the evening, our kids can't wait. They want to open up the gifts. That's how it is in our country. I don't know other people, but uh, America, they wait for the next morning. That'll never work in our house. Everybody will have opened the gifts during the night. So <clears throat> 12 o'clock would come, you know, and the kids would fall asleep, and we'd wake them up and say, come on, it's Christmas time. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, we would pray and thank God for what he had done. And then, then they, they just, you know, they're like, come on, come on, Dad, just bring those gifts. And he would begin to open up, you know. And we'd give them each an opportunity, one at a time. All right, start. Oldest Michael, and he would get this big box. And he's like, I don't know what he sees in there, a bicycle or something. And he just begins to open up the first box. And he takes it out, and there's another. 
and he tear that thing apart, you know. And you know, the joy as a parent, who knows, to see that hunger, you know, that expectation, what in the world is in here? And I think God is right now at this point of time, he has given gifts inside of us. There is a glory inside of you and inside of me that is yet to be revealed. And God says, but hang on now, I'm giving you keys. I'm giving you keys to unlock this. And, and some people, you know, it's like a spoiled kid. He just opens up a thing and says, oh, that's nice. Throws it one side and one's the next one and says, oh, that's nice. And there's not a joy inside of them or a thankfulness inside of them for the gift that they've received, which costs somebody else Lots of money. Who can understand that? Who saved and was so excited when you're wrapping the gift. Lord, they're going to enjoy this gift. And when they get it, they're not even thankful for it. And I think that God is saying that there are keys given to us tonight. And there is a glory inside of you. And God is waiting like, you know, like a parent. And he's, he's saying, come on, I want you to unlock these, this glory that is inside of you. I'm giving you keys. Yet you are not thankful to those keys. You're not thankful for these gifts. You're just taking it and say, well, I don't really want this. And I don't really want that. You know, who gets what I'm trying to say? Hello? Tell your neighbor and say there's something inside of you. That needs to come out. But the only way, the first key I'm teaching on tonight is the key of salvation. The key of salvation. Because if I'm not born again, how can I begin to unlock the things of God? In other words, when I say, Jesus, come and live in my heart, now God comes and he lives inside of me. And by him coming to live inside of me, he creates the opportunity to unlock what's inside of me. Let me give you one more verse, if you're still with me. Is anybody enjoying this tonight? Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's look at that. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now, if you don't know this, Jeremiah is a very young man here. He's 17 years of age. And God speaks to this young teenager, and he says to him, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful understanding for young Jeremiah? God says to him, Jeremiah, before mommy and daddy thought of making you or having you, I already knew you. And because I already knew you, I had destined something for your life. My plan for your life is to be a prophet to the nation Israel. Can somebody say amen? That's called predestination. Well, the point being is that God's not a respect of persons. And God loves us equally. Can you say amen to that? And because he loves us equally, each and every one of you sitting here looking at me right now, each and every one of you, God knew of you before you were born. Oh, this is good news. He knew of you before you were even born, and God has predestined some wonderful calling, or there is a glory 
which he has deposited inside of you that he wants you to unlock so that you can give it to mankind. You're not just a bump on a log sitting in the church service tonight. You're not just somebody here who has come to, you know, make Pastor James or me happy by, by showing up tonight. You are so valuable to God. God, God is excited with this whole week of meetings saying, I want to give you, I want to give you something. I want you to unlock what is inside of you. Because when you unlock that gift, imagine when my kids finally got to the Game Boy. Man, they were ecstatic. They were shouting. They were screaming. They were dancing around, you know, and they couldn't wait to put this thing on and, and forget sleep. Uh-uh, no sleep. They played that Game Boy right through the night. Who knows what I'm saying? Right through the They just played it. I went to bed, woke up, and they were still, their eyes all swollen, but they played. I said, didn't you sleep? They said, no, Dad, this is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for the gift. When you get the gift, of the revelation of Jesus, when you get the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you get the keys of understanding who Jesus is and the power and the authority, and I'll speak on that tomorrow night. But when I, when I receive that gift, guess what? I'm like that, my children. I play with that gift right through the night, and I do not get enough of it. Cannot get enough of it. Cannot get enough of Jesus. Cannot get enough of God seeing miracles do, uh, do miracles, healing people, setting people free. I, I cannot. I'm addicted to the king, kingdom of God. I'm addicted to the anointing. I'm addicted to that glory. But the good news is tonight you have a glory. The glory that Jesus received from God the Father when he healed the sick, raised the dead, and did miracles, signs, and wonders. That same glory he's given to you and I tonight. Who believes that? But you cannot get to that glory unless you're not born again. Some people say, but Dion, I, I, I'm sitting in church and I've given my heart to Jesus. Okay? You've given your heart to Jesus, but did you give him your life? Did you give him your life? Have you surrendered everything? That's why on Sunday when I taught, I said, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. My question is, is God's will truly being done in your life? I cannot live your life for you. You have to make your own choice. Who receives what I'm saying tonight? Are you truly, truly born again? Or are you like Nicodemus who goes to church and watches all this stuff and says, wow, that's wonderful. But Nicodemus could not operate in that because he wasn't born again yet. Hadn't received that glory yet. Let's bow our hands. The first key is the key of salvation. To get to the kingdom, Peter had a revelation on Jesus Christ. And God said, upon this revelation, I'll call you the rock. I'll build my church. Most Christians cannot win one soul for Jesus in all their life that they've been a Christian. Listen to what I'm saying. Most Christians haven't led one soul to Jesus because they haven't had the revelation yet. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Are you building God's church? Are you building His kingdom? Are you building your kingdom? Is it all about yourself or is it about God? 
Nicodemus, you must be born again. Tomorrow night, I will teach on the key of authority. Because once you had a revelation of Jesus Christ, then you will get the revelation of the authority that he has given us. Tomorrow night, I'm going to lay hands on you. Special anointing night tomorrow night. That you will receive this wonderful authority. That you'll understand the authority. Not only the authority, but to understand the third key that we have with the authority is the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The key to the kingdom is the name of Jesus Christ. Who understands this? Who's going to come back tomorrow night? You need to get on your phone and say, guys, you better come and listen. There's, there's going to be an anointing tomorrow night released in the house. Authority is going to be given to people. Bless the Lord. Nicodemus, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you must be born again by water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Are you born again, friend? Please listen to my question. I'm not asking you, do you go to church? It's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, are you born again? Have you truly surrendered your life and your heart to Jesus Christ? And if you haven't, well, obviously right now is an opportunity for you to do that. Not to sit there in a religious way and say, well, I go to church and I do my little popcorn prayer. But are you truly, truly born again? Have you had the revelation and do you have the keys to unlock the kingdom of God? And that kingdom is not far away. It's inside of you because you received Jesus when you got saved. There is a glory inside of you that is yet to be revealed. You say, Pastor Dion, would you please pray for me? I've been in church all my life. But you know what? I, I haven't really had that revelation about Jesus. Pastor Dion, would you pray for me? Because I've never really experienced the kingdom of God in my life. Yes, I go to church and I do my thing, but I've never experienced it. And tonight I want to totally surrender my life to Jesus. My, my, my mind, my heart, my spirit, my body, my everything, everything I want to give to Jesus tonight. Dion, I want to get those keys but I understand I need salvation first. With nobody looking except me. I know this sounds, sounds hard because you were here last night and, you gave and I gave an altar call and maybe you didn't respond, yet you knew you had to respond. And on Sunday I gave an altar call and you didn't respond and yet you knew you had to respond. And tonight you are sitting with the very same question again. You are being confronted with this question. Are you truly Born again. Have you truly surrendered your all to Jesus? And if you say, Dion, tonight I want to do that. I want to surrender my life completely to Jesus. I want to be born again. Not for one minute. Not just for this, this time in this meeting tonight. But Dion, I want to be born again for the rest of my life. I want to lay down my life and I want to serve Jesus Christ. I want to make him truly my king, 
my master, my savior. Not just my friend and my buddy. I want him to be my Lord. And I want to surrender to Jesus. I understand beyond the price that I'll have to pay. I understand the cost. The cost will be to let go everything of the world. Not to be partakers of the things of the world. But to now serve Jesus wholeheartedly. I want you to think about this question again. Are you born again? If you say, Dion, would you pray for me, please? I'd love tonight to give my life to Jesus. Not just in a religious way, but truly, truly, truly. Tonight, I'm making a conscious decision. I'm surrendering to you, Jesus. When I count to three, I would love for you to raise your hand if you want me to pray for you. And I will gladly do so. Because God is standing here tonight with his arms open wide. And he's about to give you gifts. He's about to unlock secrets inside of you that you did not know you even had. But you must be born again. One, two, three. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Don't worry about what people's going to say or think. Please forget about that tonight. You and Jesus. Say, Dion, please, here's my hand. Would you pray for me? Tonight I want to be born again. I want God to save me. Not, not just from going to hell, but I want him to save me so that I can get into that place of leadership, authority, and of power. I need him tonight. One more time, would you raise your hand up high? Those who say, please pray for me right now. I would love to pray with you. Everybody who raised your hands, would you kindly stand to your feet? And would you make your way down here to the front with me? Come on. If you raise your hands, be bold, be brave, be strong, stand up, and come on down. Let's give God praise for these people as they come forward tonight. <clears throat> By the Spirit of the living God, I know there's more that are sitting out there. You say, I'm not even from this church. Who cares? I don't care what church you go to. I want to know, is your, right li your life right with Jesus? So audience, would you turn to your neighbor quickly in front of you, next to you, behind you, and would you ask them, are you born again? Come on, evangelize. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? Some of you just plowing, you're just ignoring me. Come on, are you born again? Are you bo if they're not born again, bring them down to the front. Come on, bring them down. Bring them down. Hallelujah. There's more coming. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Kate, would you get on the piano? What a beautiful name it is. Let's all stand to our feet. It's an early night tonight. When I've prayed for these beautiful people and led them to Jesus, and we're going to write their names down. What I would like to do tonight, last night was a great healing anointing, and I still sense that healing anointing upon me. If you would like for me to pray for you for any form of healing in your body, then you just come stand up front here, and I will gladly minister to you. But all of you that is up front tonight, would you hold your hands in front of you like this? Would you close your eyes? 
And church, would you all um, stretch your hands out to these beautiful people? And can I ask that everybody would pray this prayer after me? Everybody in the house, in the front and in the back, say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. And I confess I'm a sinner. But I ask you now, by faith, please forgive me all my sins in Jesus' name. I believe right now that the blood of Jesus Christ washes me from all my sins. And as I stand here now, I have no more sin. I am forgiven. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that God raised you from the dead. And Jesus, I invite you now, on my own free will, come and live inside of me. I receive you right now as my God and my Savior and my friend. Tonight, I willingly choose to make you the Lord of my life. The devil will not be Lord anymore. The world and the influences of the world will have no stronghold in my mind or in my body. My body tonight has become the temple of the living God. Therefore, I will take care of this temple. Help me, Lord, in my weaknesses. I understand that when I am weak, you are strong. And you give me the ability to overcome the works of the enemy. I'm saved tonight. I am born again. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him a thank you tonight. Hallelujah. Now, some of you, like last night, you gave your life to the Lord. Tonight you did it again. Tomorrow night you don't have to do it again because you're saved now. Who can say amen? You're saved now. But. Sometimes when you hear somebody like me preach, right, and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, it's not condemnation, it's conviction. What does the Holy do? Holy Spirit do? He convicts me. He's showing me, listen, stop that, stop that, stop that. Who, who can agree? That's why most of you are standing here because you've been convicted and you're saying, wow, you know, I read. Okay, so now, you know what? It's dealt with. Can you say amen? You're born again. You don't have to think, am I or am I not? Yes, you are born again. But the thing is, when you walk out of this door and you get in your own environment, they, nobody's watching you. It's now there with what you do, with what you've done tonight. Well, I've made this decision. Lord, you are in me. 
And therefore, I'm not going to go to the ways of the world anymore. I'm going to follow your ways. Who agrees? So, and I know some of you have been in church for many years. And I don't care. I want to say this. And some of you out there need to hear what I'm saying. It's vitally important. It's vitally important. You do not. Do you have kids, ma'am? Do you remember a boy or a girl? Three boys. Three boys. Do you remember when you first got saved, uh, first got born, your first baby got born? When that baby come out of you and the nurse said, congratulations, you have a son. And you took this baby and you said, oh, thank you, thank you, Lord. Did you put $10 in the hand of this baby and say, all right, go and feed yourself? Why not? Exactly. Exactly. That baby could not take care of itself because he's a baby. What has happened to all of you? Spiritually speaking, your spirit man got born again tonight and it's a baby. So what is the purpose of the church? A lot of people say, well, I don't like church and I don't want to go. No, church is there to be a mother and a father to you. Why is there a pastor? You know, in our language, in Afrikaans, pa means father. Hello? Pastor. So, God has given us leaders, pastors, and He's given us pastors' wives, pastorinas, you know. <laughs> okay, you'll catch that later. And, and, and these people are here to help you to grow. Who understands that? Now, whatever church you come from, you know, you know God be it, bless you wherever you're going to go to. But if you do not go to a church, then join this church. And let the pastors of this church take care of you and let them feed you. With what are you fed? The milk of the word, the scripture. Because it's the scripture that makes me strong. What else will make me strong? Prayer. You say, I don't know how to pray. It's easy. Say, hi, Jesus, and talk to him. Don't get all religious. Just speak to him. But if you ask, ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Don't ask Jesus nothing. He said, don't ask me nothing. Ask the Father in my name. Hello, somebody. When you ask the Father, He will give to you whatever you ask. So this is the beginning now, I believe, for all of you here who've even rededicated your life, I'm talking to you as if this is from day one tonight for you. From day one. You and Jesus. Not you and me, you and Jesus. Is that fair enough? All right. So we're going to ask to get your names, your detail, because the pastor is going to phone you up now. Next week, somebody's going to phone you and say, Hey, I saw you gave your life to Jesus in Dion services. May I pray with you? Can I help you? Is there any questions? Is that okay? It's just a courtesy call. If you are from another church, it doesn't mean we want to rob you from your church, but we do want to help you to grow. So would you turn down this middle aisle? Come on, let's all go down this middle aisle, and we're just going to write your name down. Let's give God praise for them as they go. Who's going to come tomorrow night? What am I going to teach on? I'm going to give you the second key, which is called authority. Say with me, authority. Oh, that was boring. Come on, say authority. Bless God. I was in the army. I know about authority. God's given us authority. Pastor James, is there anything you want to add or say? You're all right? Well, lift your hands and receive the blessing. 
Father, we pray your blessing upon the congregation. It's an early night tonight, Lord. We're going to send them home. They can go and sleep and rest, Father God, and, 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 and catch up, Lord, on whatever they have to do. I pray that your heavenly angels will be encamped round about each and every one of us tonight. I ask you, Father God, that as we go home, we will do own Bible study and we will begin to search the keys to the kingdom of God. Father God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not asking you, Lord, I'm pleading with you that this place will be packed tomorrow night, Lord, with hungry people expecting to receive a gift. Father God, do this tonight with your children, Lord. When I lay hands on the whole congregation tomorrow night, Father, Satan will be trembling with fear because of the authority that will be released in this house tomorrow night. So, Father, raise up these warriors in this house tonight that they will go out and do great things for Jesus. I bless them right now. In Jesus' name. Those who believe with me says amen. If you want to go home, shalom, good night. We'll catch you at home. Those of you who would like for me to pray for you for a healing, come on down and I will gladly minister to you. Amen. Doesn't matter what you have, just come on down and we'll minister to you.